Welcome to the Misunderstanding Dementia Show. This episode is brought to you by the Alzheimer's Disease and Dementia Care Seminar, the required course to be a certified dementia practitioner. Check out our website at drmikechua.com slash addc. Enjoy the show. This is Dr. Mike Chua, physical therapist and certified dementia practitioner. And today I've got a special guest. You know, uh, I've been trying to catch him. And now I have him here. Uh, his name is Dr. Carr. He's actually one of the awesome physicians here in our area. So uh, we're just here to ask him some questions. So know uh, where he got his degree, where he's from, where he's originally from, and then uh, learn from him today. So again, thank you very much, Dr. Carr. I appreciate thank you. So uh, where are you originally from, sir? Thank you for having me here. I was born and brought up in Geneva, Ohio, which is uh, 50 miles east of Cleveland and three miles south of Lake Erie. Mm, okay. So I was reading your, 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 res- your what do you call this, this card here. Uh, you finished your undergraduate here in the University of Tennessee, sir? Yes. The night I graduated from high school, my family moved uh, to Martin, Tennessee, where my stepfather is from. Mm. And in the fall, after high school, I enrolled in UT Martin and uh, had good success and eventually then the medical units uh, in Memphis, University of Tennessee Medical Units in Memphis, and completed a residency in family medicine at St. Francis Hospital Memphis and I've been board certified in family medicine ever since 1978. Oh, wow. 1978. That was the year I was born. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Carr, for all the service you've done. So what made you really decide that you wanted to be a physician, sir? Mm-hmm. Well, there's instability a bit in my family, if you will. My uh, father was a factory worker. My mother was a waitress. and I decided I wanted to get into something that would have stability, that wherever I ended up going, uh, I would have a job. Mm-hmm. And I found myself at UT Martin uh, making grades better than those people going to medical school. I thought maybe I would be a dentist at one time, but mm-hmm. since my grades got better than their grades, then I decided I would go into medicine, mostly simply for the security of having a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you heard that, you know, it's all about the grades and about the job security and everything. So, and thank you for choosing this uh, awesome field, sir. You are serving a lot of people in this community. And uh, I've been seeing some of your patients at the nursing home, you know, so uh, in, at, previously at the hospital and uh, your patient just really loves you, sir. So thank you very much for all you do. Well, this show here is all about dementia. So we're going to ask Dr. Carr because he goes around different nursing homes. He's actually the medical director of different nursing homes in the uh, uh, facilities here. So we're going to ask Dr. Carr about dementia today, sir. So uh, what are the most common uh, uh, types of patients do you see in your in your practice, sir, here in your clinic and also in the nursing home? Well, as you say, I'm medical director of the Weekly County Nursing Home, the O'Brien County Nursing Home, the Van Air Nursing Home, and the Unity Gerald Psychiatric Hospital here in Martin. Of course, all of these institutions are related with dementia, uh, as a family physician, though, I'm not able to bill for dementia. Mm-hmm. 
So when you ask the most common disease I see, nursing homes, when I first encountered them, you would see people walking in the hallways, uh, patients, people who lived in nursing homes. This day and time, that's very unusual. The vast majority of persons, if you go to a nursing home and you are in the hallways, you will either see people in wheelchairs or people will be in their beds and not really able to be ambulant, even be in a wheelchair. So the dementia is profound and the most common thing that I deal with, I got to thinking about, is multi-organ system failure. Mm. In this day in medicine, in which so many people specialize in heart disease or lung disease or kidney disease or bone disease, brain disease, I sometimes think how fortunate it must be to uh, just have one area of medicine most of the people that I deal with don't have a heart condition. They have a heart condition, a lung condition, a kidney condition, plus dementia on top of it. And this, of course, makes these, uh, the treatment for these people uh, rather challenging because mm -hmm. you'll only get so much from the heart and so much from the lungs and so much from the kidneys and so much from the bowel, and you have to balance all those out. And so I spend most of my time balancing those things out. I love. Uh, I don't know if you heard what Dr. Carr said. He said he's dealing with multi-organ uh, disorder or, or syndrome. And that's what you want to look at. When you're looking for a physician, you want to look at a physician that is actually looking at you as a whole person, not just specific for the knee, specific for the shoulder, specific for the heart. Yes, we, we go to a, a specialist. But if you want to be treated as a whole person, you go to somebody who can see, see, see you as a whole. Because like what Dr. Carr said, you know, your heart can only do so much. Your kidney can only do so much. And it needs to be balanced out. So thank you for pointing out, Dr. Carr. So uh, you mentioned about multi-organ. So when you, say, uh, when you talk about that, which body part do you normally immediately check when you have a patient like this? Or do you, do you just... You know, obviously you go there, listen to the heart and stuff like that. What, what's the initial protocol that you follow, sir? Well, obviously the heart is the trump card of medicine. Mm -hmm. If something happens to the heart, you have to intervene on it acutely and abruptly and sometimes very forcefully. So that is first, always first and foremost. You don't have another day or another week to contemplate the other things that are, get involved, kidneys, lungs, uh, the brain, the bones, the bowel, uh, those you can uh, think about and deal with in a, in a more mm -hmm. ongoing fashion. Uh, people who transfer to a long-term care facility, say from a, uh, an acute care hospital, the first thing you do is to look over the uh, medications they're on for congestive heart failure or post-myocardial infarction. Uh, so I would say that that's probably the first thing one looks at, see how much one can expect uh, functioning from the heart that's there, and then, and then look into the other things. Mm -hmm. Well, remember... The heart is very important because that's the one that's going to pump all the blood back all throughout your body. So 
Thank you very much, Dr. Carr, for pointing that out. So <clears throat> after identifying all these uh, uh, problems in the heart, problems in the other organ system, uh, what is the most common, uh, uh, what do you call it? common outside or common dementia you, you, you see, sir, since we're talking about dementia? Well, the most common of the mm -hmm. dementias is Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. It's actually a diagnosis of exclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, the only way to positively identify Alzheimer's disease is with a brain biopsy, which of mm -hmm. course no one is doing. So you eliminate the people who've had strokes, those are called post-infarction dementias, the alcoholics, uh, those people have dementias based on alcoholism. There, and then, of course, in this day and time, more and more, we're getting into people with substance abuse issues, the cocaine, the hardcore narcotics, the heroin. Uh, they end up in nursing homes, sometimes at a relatively young age. And then we have degenerative diseases, uh, multiple sclerosis, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, Huntington's chorea, mm -hmm. diseases that become behavioral issues. Uh, uh, and of course, people who have schizophrenia, they, they get older too as time goes by. And so it can also cause dementia, right, sir? Mm -hmm. Can be involved with problems of dementia and mm -hmm. dementia itself can also lead to psychotic uh, uh, manifestations, delusions, hallucinations, paranoias, uh, dementia, it's more, it, it starts as a forgetfulness. And of course, a lot of long-term care people, we have people who uh, will come to the facilities, check eyes, check ears. Mm -hmm. As people get older and their hearing isn't what it used to be and their vision isn't what it used to be, then they're tendency toward uh, hallucinations and delusions exacerbates and uh, they don't hear things like they should or they are hearing something that didn't really take place and so so it becomes a very complex uh, uh, condition to uh, with a lot of manifestations and it's and it's a bit of a moving target what starts out as a as a little forgetfulness uh, then becomes to, I don't know where my house is. Mm -hmm. I don't know the way to drive my car home. Uh, this old phrase, old folks trying to get home before the sun goes down. Well, the reason they were doing that was because when the sun went down, uh, they couldn't identify the neighborhood they were in. That's true. I like what Dr. Carr said about uh, having your eyes checked and your ears checked because sometimes we just have to rule that out first in order for you to identify if it's a real dementia or not, or if it's just a hearing or vision problem. So thank you for, for pointing it out, sir, too. Uh, you mentioned about, uh, again, Alzheimer's and Huntington's Korea. Is there a prevention for this, sir? Can we prevent it, or is it just uh, a progressive disease? Or how can we really, you know, I know we cannot stop it from getting worse, but is there a way to prevent it, sir? Well, the main thing we do these days, so frankly, with the baby boom, population be reaching a getting into a peak now uh, frankly we're going to be dealing more and more with dementias and uh, more and more with people who have these special needs uh, as far as preventing I think the best things are to be socially active either with your family or with uh, we have uh, most communities have senior citizen centers and 
And even in uh, the psychiatric hospital I work in, uh, there are on uh, an ongoing activities every single day. And these activities, or they do word games, and they uh, say things like, uh, I graduated from, and they fill in the blank, is high school. And this helps people to remember who they were, what they did in their working times. And uh, so it's, it's important. That and decent nutrition, older people, so many times now, the children are in, spread all over the world these days with their jobs, and they have a whole lot of rooms with little old folks in them, and uh, I go see them in those little rooms, but there's never anyone else there but that person. And before they get to the nursing home, they may be in their home, but shopping becomes a problem, uh, carrying groceries is a problem. It's always, to me, used to be grocery stores. You'd had a strapping young fellow carry the groceries out to the car for the little old lady, which was a no, very nice yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. But then when the little lady gets home, Nobody's he's not there. It's mm -hmm. a problem. And meal preparation, you hear a lot of people who live alone. I, I don't want to go to the trouble of making a meal for myself. Hence, uh, diet and nutrition become uh, parts of the problem, and hydration part of the problem. It's it's easy for somebody to get up and go to the uh, sink and get a glass of water. For some people who have a bad hip, or had a knee replacement, or may have had a stroke, and they're living independently, yes, but not doing very well, and even a simple, what we call ADL, activity of daily living, even a simple task like that becomes a major problem. Mm. Dr. Carr covered a lot there, so let's just recap. First, he, he, I don't know if you heard it, he noted he, he pointed out the exercising of your brain. Second, your eating habits is very, very important. He also mentioned about water intake or dehydration because that's very important too. And of course, the activities of daily living, how you move around. So it's very, very important that you focus on all of that, all of that. So thank you very much, Dr. Carr, for pointing that out. Uh, any last tip for us, sir? I know you're busy, but the <laughs> Dr. Carr is a very busy man. So uh, any last tip for us, sir? You know, how can we prevent this? How can we uh, prevent from falls and, st or, and, and stuff like that, sir? Well, my humble, we have meetings, quarterly meetings, uh, in the long-term care facilities. And I wish I had a way to tell you absolutely not to prevent falls. I was just in one of the quarterly meetings at one of the nursing homes, and one of the things we cover in, the, in every meeting are how many falls last month. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're trying to, we, we are forever trying to um, stress, even in a long-term care facility, uh, how to encourage a patient to hit the call button if they need to go from their bed to the bathroom, have someone come assist them. Uh, if the, when it's uh, cafeteria time, when it's meal time, people will come and uh, if you can only do a wheelchair, they will put you in a wheelchair, wheel you to okay. ask for help. And in spite of all of that, and in spite of the fact that uh, these are staffed institutions, people still have falls. 
in spite of the fact we have dietitians and an entire cafeteria in each of these institutions, people still get dehydrated sometimes. Mm -hmm. People have, we just try to do med passes, but you, if somebody is supposed to get an 8 a.m. medicine every day, well, it may be 7.30, it may be 8.30. It's not going to happen that it happens at exactly the same time every time for the same person every day. So there's a lot of uh, difficulty uh, in, in the best of circumstances. Of course, people should be careful not to have rough edges on furniture. People should be careful not to have throw rugs. Uh, on the floors that might slip. People should be careful if you need a cane, for goodness sakes. Uh, these hurricanes, these four-pronged canes are a nice thing. You heard it from and the doctor. You can stand it up there, and uh, unlike a standard cane, you have to find a place to put it when you sit down. It's a, and if you need a walker, for goodness sakes, take the walker with you. Do not have yourself tell you, oh, I can make it over there without the walker. The, the very time one does that and they need their little button to push, I've fallen and I can't get up. We still have those people who I see in long-term care who came from an environment in which they were abiding and uh, they decided they could make it somewhere or they didn't even think that. They were going somewhere and they had a spell mm. and they fell. And, or the hip decided to break on that day at that time. If you have, if someone has prescribed for you a cane or a walker, by all means, please use them. You heard that. Please use those assistive devices. Call, don't fall. Again, thank you very much, Dr. Carr. Uh, where can we actually find you? Where's your clinic address here, sir? Would you mind uh, sharing uh, your telephone number? And well, your... this is the uh, Weekly County Family Medicine. The number is 587-5353. And I give everybody this cell phone, 431-6473. Uh, that's how most people contact me, and that's kind of the way my life goes these days. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Carr. We'll, we will put all the show notes, the telephone number, Dr. Carr's personal phone number too, and his address in our show notes. Again, thank you very much, Misunderstanding Dementia Group, Alzheimer's Dementia Support Group. We appreciate you. But before I let you go, always remember the word FAST, F-A-S-T. F-A-S-T. First is find friends that will push you to your next level. Find people that will support you and bring out the best in you because you are the average of the five people you hang out with. Right now, I'm hanging out with Dr. Carr. I know I'm going to be awesome because I'm learning from him, right? And letter A, you got to learn how to, letter A, take action. All this stuff that we're doing, this is all free. This is all free. All this video that we're doing, it's all free. And we're giving up to you, and that way you can take action. Because it's not going to do me good. It's not going to do Dr. Carr good if you don't take action. Take action. Go out in your community like what Dr. Carr said. Go to a senior citizen center. Activities, 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 and that way you're working out. You're doing the best that you can be. And next letter, letter S, you gotta learn how to shoot for the moon. Why? Because when you miss it, you're gonna be eventually landing with the stars. I kept shooting for the moon. Guess what? I landed with a star right now, Dr. Carr. And last but not least, letter T. Letter T, not timeout, but teach it. Why? Because when you hear it, you forget. When you see it, you remember. But when you're actually teaching it, you're actually understanding it more. And that's what Dr. Carr is doing with us right now. He's teaching us. Why? He's got all the experience. 
He's got all the experience and he's teaching us right now and he's understanding it more. Again, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Understanding Dementia and Alzheimer's and Dementia Support Group. We appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. Carr, for, for, for this time with you. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Be awesome. Be great. Be excellent. And I'll see you around. Thank you, Dr. Carr. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you.